This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We got the chance to talk to one of our, I would say, almost idols because... She's a rock star. She is a, a genuine star. rock star. She's the creation. She's the creation. The creation. She's the creator <laughs> of all. She's the creator of our favorite service in the world, Hamper. And we swear this isn't an ad. We wanted to reach out and see like what it takes to create something like this that really reduces the mental load for women and matches like an untapped need in the yes. world. Huge. It's, it was, and I love how she also, um, in the interview, she's going to describe it as the Uber of laundry. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, that's exactly what we call it too. Yeah. It's the Uber. So we're going to get right into it. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Laurel Hess. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome, Laurel, to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Me and Bree are big fans of yours for creating Yay. a service we use all the time. So welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Can I share that it's funny that we're doing this? Hmm. 
This is our, for our listeners, this is our second time doing this interview. Because the joys of multitasking and tech glitches and the computer eating your audio files. Yes. <laughs> without without our permission. It is definitely the computer eating the audio files and not user error whatsoever. <laughs> it's the computer, just like how my dryer eats the socks and my email, I swear, eats emails once in a while. Yeah. I swear. So Laurel, you are the creator um, and CEO and founder of Hamper, which we talk about all the time on the No Guilt Mom podcast. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Hamper and what it does? Yeah. So Hamper is, I like to think of it as the Uber or Lyft for laundry. So it's a way to outsource your laundry and have it picked up. And then the next day it comes back to you fresh folded and just ready to be put away. It's magic. And I, I mean, it is magic. It's totally magic. <laughs> like, it's, it's magic and it's a lifesaver. It's, it's what, well, it's one of those things too, where it doesn't seem like you would be able to afford to have someone else to do your laundry. And yet Hamper makes it very affordable, very easy. It feels very luxurious. Yes, it does. It makes me feel very, very posh. Yes. But I also, I love your story <laughs> about how you just came up with the idea of Hamper. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm a huge believer in and utilizing technology to make my life easier. I love to outsource my grocery shopping, my meal planning, anything I can do just to not have to think about it or take off that mental load is huge for me. So I have two little boys and I had come home from a business trip and there was laundry everywhere. And we had T-ball opening day and three birthday parties. Mm. And I had no idea how I was going to get everything done. And I'm at the ballpark ordering groceries on my phone. And I thought, man, we have to do our laundry. And I, in order to do that, I need to be home with the mental gymnastics of putting the load in, taking the load out, folding it, putting it up. Uh, and I had this stay-at-home mom friend who was always asking me if she could do things for a marketing company. And I thought, ooh, um, no, I don't have anything on the marketing side, but you could do my laundry because you're home all day <laughs> and you're looking to earn extra income. That'd be perfect. So that was the genesis of Hamper is that you have this untapped workforce who wants to contribute to their household income and has time, but can't leave their home for long periods of time. So it's perfect. Yeah. And I, I love that story. I also love how you were so willing to ask your neighbor for help, because I think like <laughs> if I was in that same situation, I would still take on all of the, the tasks that I think is expected of me as a mom. Not now, knowing what I know now, but oh, but doing the whole like, no, 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 I've got it. I've got it. And in your head, you're screaming, help me, please. That happens to me. A lot. I think there's a different calculus when there's money involved, mm -hmm. because then it becomes transactional. And it's like, I'm I'm helping you. You're helping me. This is a win-win for both of us mm -hmm. versus I'm just asking for a favor, which is very hard to do as a, as a parent. <laughs> asking. Yeah, it is very hard to do, but almost sometimes I was raised with the thing of money and tell me if anyone else heard this well, but like, it's like you don't mix friendship with money. It's what I was internally raised with. And so like, I think it's just, it's a complicated money mindset when you're trying to get help as a mom, but yet you feel like all of this stuff, like you need to do yourself to take care of your family. And you don't realize that you could pay someone to delegate it or ask someone to do it for you. It's hard to see those, those things that are there mm -hmm. and knowing what's available in the community. Guilt is the biggest hurdle we have just even at Hamper, getting, getting people over the guilt of outsourcing their laundry yes. is you don't have to do this. It's okay. And then once you do it, you're thinking, why wasn't I doing this the whole time? You have so much time on your hands after that. You have no idea the mental gymnastics that laundry takes up. It's insane. Exactly. Yeah. No, I 100% get that because I think, so we had that recently, Joanne and I went paddleboarding on the river. By the time we got back, we're all tired. We're sunburned, is exhausted. It's Sunday. And I'm like, oh crap. We still have like 
two hours of laundry to do. We had to do all these loads. And I was like, you know what? It made me so much happier just to be like, I'm going to hamper this. I'm just going to hamper it. Just throw it right out there, scheduled it. And then I was like, done. Now I get to actually relax the rest of the day. I get to take the nap that I need. I can get ready for work the next day. I can get the meal prepping done, like all the other things. Because like you talked about, the mental load is insane that we have to carry. Well, tell me. So I'm really interested, Laurel, because I I recently went to coffee with like a new friend and she was talking about like all these things she puts herself out for and all these things she asks other people to do. And, um, I, I mentioned, I'm like, I have such a hard time with that. I have such guilt. And she's like, Oh, I I don't have guilt. I just have a really strong self-confidence. Um, and that was so foreign to me. Like, would you think that you are a person who has a very strong self-confidence or do you find that you're sometimes overwhelmed with the guilt and maybe imposter syndrome, which I definitely struggle with as well? A million percent. The latter I guilt, imposter syndrome, all the works. I think it's the ire of social media coming in and seeing things that you compare yourself to. And I think it happens subconsciously and you don't mean to do it, but it's like, oh, she's able to do these things. And I, I can't do that. Like my son, I didn't even give my son a birthday party the last three years. He just got cash. I was like, we're just going to cash out the birthday party. I love that. That's a great idea. Actually, He's going to appreciate that. He was happy. He was like, yes, I will take the money. Um, and, but there's a part of me that my best friend said, ah, really, you did that? Like you're taking away an experience for him. And I'm like, I can't be the curator of his experiences as well. Like I'm doing the best I can. So no, you did not sign up to be the activity director for your kids, first of all. No. We'll just throw that out there. No. But also, I can also just from the ghost of, of childhood future, I have a 15 and a 14 year old. They cannot tell you a single thing we did before maybe like first or second grade. And even then, if I was to ask them, do you remember what your birthday party was like when you were four, when you were six, when you were seven, they would be like, no idea, mom. Well, as someone who deals then with imposter syndrome and the guilt, you, you had this idea and you went to go start a company and you had to go get financing from it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know a little bit about the story because I read about it in Fortune, but tell us the story about trying to get financing for your company and going into like all of these firms with the men who just didn't get it. Yeah, well, to, to really give that story context, you have to understand that female-run uh, companies, while they perform better than male-run companies, Ooh. we only get a fraction, it's true, mm-hmm. we only get a fraction of the investment dollars. So we may get 2% of all investment dollars, but we perform better mm. historically than a male-run company. And I think that's because to some degree, women tend to be a little more risk adverse and more realistic, um, but we don't get the funding. And it's really, really hard because when you're pitching, you're pitching to a bunch of men And me in particular, I am a female in Louisiana. So I'm already in a market that doesn't have a whole lot of VC dollar interest. So I'm an area that just doesn't doesn't get a lot of activity there anyway. And then I'm a female. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm pitching a home services problem of laundry that largely affects other women because 70% of women in the household are the ones handling the laundry. So a lot of the men would just look at me and go, is this really a problem? (sighs) I don't think this, because they're not doing the laundry. And I would say, are you married? (laughs) You ask your wife (laughs) because they just, they could not. And some of them can, like, I have some really great investors who definitely connect to the problem and understand and appreciate, but there were a lot, and especially in the early days that just did not see this as an issue Mm -hmm. because it didn't personally affect them. How did you get through that when you got that initial pushback from investors who just didn't see it as an issue? Like, what did you tell yourself to get through that process and to keep going and to keep searching for the investors? Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. 
Hey guys, Brie here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Or just click on the link in our show notes. Well, it would literally fuel me because it would make me so angry. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I, is this really an issue? Is this a problem? I was like, oh my gosh, it's like that um, that meme where you're drowning and you're like, but I need help. And they're like, you're doing so great. How do you do it all? And you're like, I, I'm not, I need help. And it's like, go you. And you're like, no. Yep. And so it would literally fuel me. I knew, I knew it was a problem and everybody has laundry. And so I just kept going and I, I, I found a way to persevere outside of all the no's. I, every, I actually ended up chasing the no's. I, I had a really great mentor and friend tell me, Every time you get a no, you're that much closer to a yes. And I really took that to heart. So every time I got a no, I would treat it like check mark. All right, let's keep going. That means I'm one step closer. And it was true. That is very <laughs> true. I love that thought process, actually. That is. I need, that, I need to keep that in mind a lot more often. <laughs> it's all <laughs> it's funny because like working in like being in this business and running no guilt mom, like I feel like I've had to push myself a little bit farther past my comfort zone because you do get a lot of no's, you do get a lot of rejection. And uh, where at first I would be afraid to ask a question because I would get a no. Now I'm just like, I will follow up and follow up until I get a no. It's like, tell me a no, else I am never going away. And I will keep you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's, there's still a chance. A chance. <laughs> 
I am the same way. Yeah. I'm like, you will tell me no to my face. Tell me no. Like you will not ignore my email. I will continue to annoy you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult though, getting over that hurdle when we're told that, oh, like, don't bother people. <laughs> if they they don't respond, yeah. they're not interested. It's just the, what we get. But I love like that story because it shows, again, I'm going to come back to the word mental load, because I feel like that's kind of like a newer word that has been at least introduced to my vocabulary in the last year, thinking a little bit more about the mental load. Uh, no, not last year. Since COVID, COVID really brought that to light, like all the mental load that moms tend to carry. And, and some dads do as well, but we know that overwhelmingly it tends to be in the mom's role of like, all the things that we have to do every single day, the million steps, like, as soon as your kid says to you something like, I want to go and see my friend on Saturday, you don't just immediately say yes or no, right? You go through 16 different things in your head. Okay, well, we got to get laundry done. I got to go to the grocery store. And how am I going to get you there? And then getting you back. And then, oh, am I going to feed you before? Like All these things that we have to handle as, as moms with this mental load. And it's such a struggle trying to find ways to offload it with, like you guys just said, without feeling that guilt and feeling like you're less than. Mm -hmm. That's so unfair. And finding the time to do it. It's funny that that story made me think of something that happened two weekends ago. So when your kids are younger, I have a 10-year-old and eight-year-old, you're still responsible for creating their social calendar Mm -hmm. to some degree. And I was arranging a play date with my younger son and his best friend. And I was texting and we were trying to jump through hurdles of it's soccer practice. Let me just take your kid home with me. And I was working through that calculus in my office and my male coworker, my male co-founder was like, oh, is that how you do that? I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, do you have to like manage their calendar and make sure they have play dates? And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And he goes, oh, we've been waiting for their son, his son to ask to have play dates. I was like, no, 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 they don't ask. You just have to like do it. <laughs> and it was so foreign to him. It was hysterical. I was like, yeah, I know you have to be the social director to some degree and make it happen. But it is, it's jumping through hoops. <laughs> it is jumping through hoops. It's interesting because it's along those lines, the, especially along the play dates, I find that Technology is really helpful too with the play dates, especially FaceTime. Like my son, for instance, every day after school, he takes my phone and calls his friend and they play Roblox together while chatting on FaceTime on the computer. Oh yeah. And and this is just like how they play with each other and what they do. And I like try to step back out because I mean, remember when we were kids with like I would call up my next door neighbor across the street. I'd be like, hey, can you play? And they'd be like, yes or no. And then I would just walk over to her house because she was like right across the street. And yeah. I'm like, what's happened today that our kids, what what skills are they missing that we well, have okay. not? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a little bit on this, but I, I think that part of it is COVID again. We're going to yeah. give COVID a little bit of that nod, yeah. right? Like it made us much more accessible. I don't know if I would say comfortable, but much it made technology a lot more accessible for our kids at a younger age. And they saw different ways to use it. Mm -hmm. Like we were using FaceTime with our friends and and video calls and all that, but not as often, Mm -hmm. right? And then Mm -hmm. now it was a normal way for them to keep in touch. But the other thing I'm going to say, and this might be specific to our area. Mm -hmm. So I really am interested to see how this works in different areas of the country, but where we live, I feel like there's a lot of school choice. So it's common to have kids that are in your neighborhood going to like six different schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they don't get that chance mm. to build that relationship and, and play and know each other because they don't know each other from school and they might see each other in passing, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, I think another complexity too is this idea of, of privacy that didn't exist when we were younger. I, yeah. I remember there was, a, <laughs> which sounds, it sounds funny, but I there was a 
directory. And so you could literally yeah. open the directory and find someone's number, mm-hmm. call them up and be like, I want to play with you. That doesn't exist now. So if my son comes home and says, I want to play with Mark, I'm like, what is Mark's last name? I have to now stalk Facebook and try to find his mother because I can't find her information to try to set up a play date otherwise. So I have to become like a PI online, mm. try to find Mark's mom. And it's, it's really making it challenging and it puts a lot of pressure on the parents, I think. So I have a hack for that. So I never look for, uh, I never organize play dates for my kids. If they come home and they want to um, play with somebody, I'm like, okay, you need to go get their parents' phone number. So you need to talk to the student and you need to bring me their phone number and you need to give them my phone number. And so I make like my nine-year-old son, he does that initial exchange with the phone numbers. Um, so at least then I am not stalking and I'm not like trying to arrange it that way. And then once it takes place, I have the kids agree on the time and the parents were just confirming. We're like, are you a real person and are you trustworthy? Okay. <laughs> okay. You're good. Okay. Here's my address. <laughs> you can come over. That's brilliant because it gets kind of hairy when you're like on Facebook, like, is this the right one? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you, and then how, how would you love to be the person that opens up the message from this random person? You don't know message request. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you have a, a kid that is in fourth grade at, you know, Weimanheimer high school or no high school? Sorry. Weimanheimer, I like your fake name there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets, it's so awkward. I hate it. I hate it. I wish we just all had like a book and I could be like, okay, call them. Call you know, I, that's why I like, I actually liked Facebook Messenger for a while because my son could find his friends oh, yeah. and call them that way during COVID, but they've kind of gotten away from that, unfortunately. Plus it takes my phone, which I need it for work. I know, right? <laughs> that's the other part. Like you have to, like you said, your son comes and he takes your phone and you're like, oh man. Phone. Well, I have an iPad too. So he takes the iPad, but the bad thing is, is that all my text messages come through the iPad. So he like, <laughs> he like reads me all oh. my text messages. He's like, so-and-so wants this mom. I'm like, okay, I need to remember you're on there just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my uh that's how my kids found out that the elf wasn't real. Oh no. Um, elf on the show. Oh no. <laughs> yes, my husband had a reminder. My my poor sweet husband has ADD and he just doesn't remember anything. So he makes all these reminders and at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, it's like move elves. Oh. And it he hadn't swiped it to like get rid of it, and the kids saw it the next morning <laughs> and they were like, Why do you have this? And it's like, oh no. So, okay, kids. They were, I mean, they were getting old. Think about all that that it lets you lets you off the hook for. Then after that, you know, I mean, like I have to admit, it's a little bit, yes. it's a little bit of a relief once you don't have to do all that all the time anymore. Mm-hmm. No, yes. Well, I never wanted to do it in the first place. My mom bought it for us, and I was like, no, no, no I have to keep it. Up. I refused like, to uh, buy it, and then my daughter went and spent her birthday money to buy it one year. Like they, they, they had like, them half off. The they had them <laughs> half off in July, and I'm like, seriously, people, seriously, that's the worst. Oh my god, that is so sweet that she. <laughs> was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna buy myself an elf and I'm like yeah oh my god the elf could disappear and you're like must have gone back to the north pole sorry oh I didn't think of that one I should have (laughs) I'm like cruel (laughs) it was pretty awful though like when we moved and I we couldn't remember where we put it and then she's like I hope the elf makes it back and I'm like damn it (laughs) let's go it's how it goes yeah it's the whole like again like that whole like we shouldn't have to be like the directors of the i'm going to say the activity director for for everything that happens in our kids lives but somehow we end up taking on that role sometimes it's fun like i would say sometimes it is fun but like you should only like take on the stuff you we enjoy like how your friend is like with birthday parties and you're like oh they're missing an experience but really I like your friend probably finds that fun to a little extent, or maybe they just feel like they have the expectation on them for birthday parties. But 
I don't know. There it's, are people that like it. So I think so. I mean, there's like all different things that are people's things. Like you really enjoyed Girl Scouts. I did. I'm glad you did. I did enjoy. I was. I, you. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's I a big part like, of you my personality. Mm-hmm. You asked me to be the assistant like one year, and I was like, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no hard pass. <laughs> Hard so, pass. <laughs> so forming a company, Laurel, that like takes the mental load off. How how do you feel like the mental load is kind of distributed in your house? Like, do you feel like you still have most of the mental load, or do you feel like your husband and you have kind of distributed it? Yeah, I, actually, one time we had to. I pulled out a piece of paper and I wrote down everything that he does and everything that I do because everything I do is invisible. Mm-hmm. And he was griping one day about how the fact that he had to do everything. He had to do the dishes and he had to clean up all after the animals. And he had to take the kids to school and pick the kids up. And he's doing the things you can see. Mm-hmm. And I pointed that out to him. I said, look, you're doing all that. That's great. And I love it. Thank you so much. You don't see all the things that I do. And it was the doctor's appointments, the you know budgeting, the planning the vacations and the activities and the grocery shopping and the meal planning and all the things that you wouldn't necessarily see in the day to day. And it really helped him open his eyes. We actually had that list on our fridge for the longest time. And it opened his eyes to remind him whenever he would get resentful where he, I don't do the dishes. I'm going to walk right by that sink. It's full of dishes. I'm going to put my dish in there and just leave it because that's his thing. Mm. And over time, he he really started to accept that and understand. So I think it's the only way to have somewhat equitable distribution of labor in the house is to talk about it mm-hmm. and to really, really honor each visible end and visible piece to the same degree and understand that you're going to have your stuff. I'm going to have my stuff. And we just we don't need to mix it up. And every now and then I might need to carry your stuff. It doesn't usually go the other way around, but I think being open about it helps. Yeah, for sure. Have you heard of Eve Rodsky with her book Fair Play? No. Oh my gosh, you would so enjoy her work. Yeah. We actually have her episode uh, that's aired already. Yeah. <laughs> as you're talking, oh, I'm like, you made, ta- you made a shit I do list. Yeah, that's what that's, she called it. That's the what shit she called I do. It, yeah, I do list. Yeah. No, it's been. It's all about like talking about that mental load with your significant other and uh, making sure that each is aware of everything they do. Because we, me and my husband, we recently sat down and did that too, just again, because, you know, it's good to actually have the refreshers and the discussions. And we looked at some things that he does and some things that I do and some things he did, like, I didn't even know, like he takes care of most of the home repair stuff. He will just go and do it. And I don't even know it's done, like needs to be done. And he takes care of that. But something that he didn't know I did was it's a category called children's friendships, which I bet now, like, Mm. because you organize all the play days, you need to add that to your list. Because I was going to say that's not on my list, but it will be now. Children's friendships, because uh, (laughs) we were actually using, uh, they have with Fair Play, these cards, which each has a job Mm. on it. And so we are distributing these and he looks at the friendships card and he's like, yeah, that's not a big job though, right? It's just turning screen time on and off. I know your face too. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Luckily you had an articulate child nearby too. Oh my gosh, my 13-year-old daughter was there and I'm like, we have so many friendship discussions. It is unbelievable that she wants to have at 10 p.m. each night and I am not a oh, late yeah, night so, owl. So you're talking about the emotional it's and the emotional, emotional side too. of it on top of the directing of it. Mm-hmm. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. So, but yeah, yeah. my, uh, my eight-year-old literally wanted to talk about soulmates like at 10 o'clock last night. Like, how do you find a soulmate? What are your tips for finding a soulmate? And I was like, oh my God, first off you're eight. Yeah. Second of all, I'm tired. <laughs> tired. <laughs> so I understand. Can we have so this conversation tired. in, oh, I don't know, five years, five. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you got time, kid. You're good. Well, and, <laughs> and even like, so like emotional tasks like that, but even the tasks that you want to outsource, like laundry, like if people use hamper for laundry, technically like I would still be responsible for the laundry, the mental load of it, because it still takes time to schedule it. It still takes time to like make sure it's all packed up and put it outside your door. Well, someone has to be responsible for someone it. Someone has otherwise, to be responsible if you're both for thinking it. someone else did it. <laughs> but it's less time, yeah. but it's still on your mental load. You yeah. know, it is a lot smaller. So it still counts. Like even if you delegate the task to someone else, you're still thinking about it and you're still responsible for making sure it's done. Yeah. And I mean, that's honestly, I love hamper because I, you know, I I really created this for my own pain point, but there is some friction with it still that I'm trying to remove because my dream scenario is I'm going out of town on Sunday. My dad is actually coming in town to watch my kids and take them to school the next day. I'm sitting here. It's two o'clock on a Friday and I'm realizing I have to place a hamper order to get their school uniforms back in time so that my dad doesn't have to worry about their school uniforms. Mm -hmm. And I, we have soccer in the morning tomorrow, and I don't know when I'll be able to place that order to make sure it gets back in time. So there's still that mental calculus of, right. okay, if it has to be here by here, and then you're backing into it. Like, what do I have to do mm-hmm. eight steps before to make sure this one thing happens? That is a lot. It's <laughs> it a lot. Is. There's it a is. lot. Yeah, human brains. They I can. know. <laughs> but, yeah. but you, I mean, you and Creating Hamper have created a service that has alleviated a lot of the time spent on laundry. And uh, all your washers can actually fold laundry much better than I can. Oh, I know, so right? So it's, <laughs> it's really great. Well, and I also just love, like you talked about with the whole concept of Hamper, it, that it's helping within the community. There, there, are, there are people that are at home, like you said, that can't leave, maybe they have small kids or whatever, and they want to be able to contribute. So like you're, you're getting your pain point taken care of while supporting somebody else that's actually in your community. Mm -hmm. So I love that part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, it's other people helping people in the same area, which I love. And I have one of my favorite washers, his name's Mr. Kenneth. He's a sweet retired man who is on social security and he uses his money from Hamper to pay his cable bill. And it's like his whole life. He, he loves it so much. And he's my favorite. He comes and he leaves me these notes and these stickers and he gets so excited. He, he did my laundry last weekend. He's like, I'm not going to be here next weekend. I hope one of your other favorites takes care of you. And I, so you form this connection and you understand what it means, not just to you. Cause Oh my gosh, having laundry done is, is such a huge burden lifted off, but, but knowing that you're helping another person do something that gives them life and makes them happy. is just long out. 
which I, I, that's a Cajun saying. It's it's extra. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so what are you excited about right now that's coming up in your life? I am really excited about the trajectory that Hamper is on. And we are launching new markets all the time. I'm so excited. We're launching uh, soon to be Chicago. We just launched Miami, Orlando, Atlanta, Washington, D.C. So I am ready for one day a Hamper to be a verb. And someone just says, you know, let's just hamper this weekend. And that's my main goal. It's a verb in our household. So you've gotten there. I love it. You've gotten there. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Laurel. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And we will talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much. Well, now I'm thinking I need to put in a hamper order and put in some laundry. (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot. You know what? We have had a lot going on lately in our lives, uh, both work-wise and and personal wise. And I think that we deserve that break. We do. And you know what? I am worth the the money that it costs to do the hamper. That's less than even going out to dinner with my husband. Well, you know, <laughs> to get hours worth of my time back. What's interesting is that in my house, like, and I don't know if this is the same in your house too, but like, I don't do anyone else's laundry, but my own. Like we're all responsible for our own laundry. Miguel does my laundry and we're still trying to learn that. You know, there's still a few things that I'm like, I wish you would do it differently. Mm-hmm. That That's how Josh is. He wishes I did things differently. And so he's like, no, we'll just all be in charge of our own laundry. I'm like, okay, I used fine. to do it. And then he's like, I'll be in charge of it. And then I was like, you don't like the way I do your laundry, do you? And he's like, no, not really. No, but, <laughs> but I hate okay. laundry so much. I'm like, it. take it. <laughs> I hate laundry too. I like just like crumple it in and put it in my drawer. But as much as I love him, and when he does do laundry, it's not as good as when it comes back from hamper. It, well, yeah, <laughs> it is very nicely folded. Well, the thing is, like, you do feel like the guilt because my son, where like my husband and I have had these discussions, and our main goal is to make him self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And we want him to take over the tasks that, you know, benefit him, that we want him to do his laundry. And part of that is letting him fail spectacularly at it because his way of laundry is he gets his clean clothes out of the dryer and he spreads them on his floor so he can find them easily. And I'm like, okay. My daughter does something similar with a clean hamper and a dirty hamper. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's funny because it's like, okay, that is not the way I do it. But again, he's my son. So if I try to remind him or if I try to tell him, he will push back even harder. Well, he's also younger. Yeah. Well, He's nine, but... Well, I just mean younger in the sense that my daughter's in high school and she is starting to realize that her system is the best because now she has to iron clothes a lot. Well, he's starting to realize things too. So for example, like the hair has become an issue now. He will freak out if his hair is messy when we're in car line. And like the other day I was like trying to like wet my hand with water for my water bottle and help him because so he was like, I don't lick- know what to do. So you weren't licking the palm. I may have licked a little bit, but it was like <laughs> such the cowlick. It needed more, oh my gosh. more fit than I could provide. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> so it's getting there. It's just sometimes like it takes our kids to get to that point where they see they need to do the chore much longer than it takes our anxiety to get to the point, be like, oh my gosh, why isn't this done? So yeah, exactly. It's like that. But well, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you guys, we have a little gift for you. We do have a coupon code for you to try out Hamper on your own. So you can just click in the link in the show notes below or go to noguiltmom.com backslash Hamper. H-A-M-P-R. I I thought we were going to do the whole thing together. (laughs) H-A-M-P-R. And our code is NOGUILT10 and you'll get $10 off your annual membership to Hamper and it's so worth it. I mean, I know that the prices of laundry do change based on different areas, but I mean, ours is like, it's under $30 for me to do my laundry for the whole week. That's awesome. It's phenomenal. It's definitely worth $30. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, until next time, remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.